Hi all, this is Samantha Lowry, Managing Editor for the Golden Gate Express, and my cat Devio. And I will be taking over today's story. For more information and coverage, check out goldengateexpress.org and at GGX News on all social media platforms. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on robberies that have taken place in the past couple of weeks in the San Francisco Bay Area, but we're actually going to focus on how the news is covering them. Stick around for more. The middle of November usually kicks off the holiday shopping spree. This holiday season was expected to bring a much-needed economic boom for many businesses as we head into a third year of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, what could go wrong? Turning now to a developing story in the East Bay, Walnut Creek police arrested three people after the Nordstrom in Broadway Plaza was looted last night. We've seen this before, but last night, police say about 80 people rushed into the store and started clearing the shelves. We've got Cronforce... Well, a lot, I guess. Living in the Bay Area, I've been fairly aware of the crime here, but I was a little confused when the word looting was used. And I wasn't the only one. I had seen some tweets over the weekend previously that used the term looting, and I noticed that police and um, I think maybe the DA, some other folks like that, and city officials had been throwing around the term looting. It seemed incorrect legally. It also seemed incorrect in that it implied a connection to protests or to riots or things like that. And there was none of that. That was Sarah Geyser, KQED PM Local News Editor. She tweeted a thread about how these robberies were reported. The thread created a space to have an open dialogue with other professional journalists and the public about how the coverage could be harmful to others. Sarah said it may bring others to want to repeat the crime if mentioned in a certain light. As journalists, we're trained to refer to the Associated Press's style book to carefully use the right language to reduce harm for the communities we report for. If you're not sure of what AP is, it's a news organization located in New York and has about 250 newsrooms around the country, mostly reporting breaking news. Since the 1970s, the AP releases its AP style book as a reference for journalists yearly. Every new edition comes with a guide on how to spell commonly used words, how to use grammar, how to punctuate, and how to write captions. Their two goals in standardized news writing are so that information isn't lost when you break the news and to report the news with as much information as you can find. An example of when the AP style book may come into play for news writing is when we write about the black community. We write the word with a capitalized B instead of a lowercase to show that we are speaking about a group of people with a shared sense of history and identity. According to Sarah, what we're seeing isn't looting but rather robberies. Referring to AP's style book, the formal definition of a robbery in a legal sense involves the use of violence or threat when committing larceny. Looting, according to the California Penal Code 463, states that the crime is taking advantage of a state of emergency to commit burglary, grand theft, or petty theft. In the cases of the crimes that Sarah is speaking about, both events involved violence and threats to the employees who were on shift at the time of the robbery. Headline writers and and journalists are struggling to come up with a term 
for what we're seeing, which is a, you know, a coordinated group activity. Um, I don't have a problem with the fact that people are writing about it or, or referring to it or describing it. What I was troubled by was the, what seemed to me like the implied connection to um, protest activity, um, which is a smear that has been used by the right wing um, to try to discredit uh, civil rights actions. It began in plain sight, residents trying to shatter windows and climb into stores. Um, it's also the term looting has a history. The looting broke wide open at this Walmart in New Orleans. Stolen goods filled entire truckloads. Inexplicably, in a town with no power and none in sight for weeks. That history that Sarah was referring to was the so-called looting that took place during the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. When the news organizations were showing the coverage, they chose to show images and videos of people taking food, water, and electronics, claiming that these were dangerous robberies taking place. Looting, in the state of Louisiana, is defined as people breaking into businesses during a time of emergency, which can bring a charge of $10,000 for those who are caught doing it. During a time of crisis when people were waiting on FEMA for emergency supplies, they had to do what they could to survive the storm. What made it worse was when Kathleen Blanco, the former governor of Louisiana, mentioned that she had one message for the hoodlums, which was that national troops knew how to shoot and kill, and probably would. The statement, along with the news coverage, brought on a racial bias to those who were taking supplies. This resulted in local police and mostly white residents forming quasi-militia groups that oftentimes targeted unarmed black individuals. In the case of the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, Sarah said that the job of the journalist is to be sensitive and be aware of the implications or message they're sending to their listeners and readers, even if it's deliberate or by accident. As a journalist myself, I've learned from my personal experience as a student, intern, and freelancer that the headline can make or break a story if not done right. So it's essential to understand what we're saying before pushing that publish button. I have, on one or two occasions, made mistakes in writing headlines or, or in cho my choice of words, and I have gotten some feedback about it. The reality is that words have multiple meanings and they have emotional resonance and they have impact on people. And uh, given that our primary trade is in words, we need to be aware of what we're saying and whether that's really what we want to be saying. Maybe some news outlets want all of those implications. I would argue they're inaccurate, but I think you need to at least be aware of what it is that you're putting out into the world. We're gonna take a quick break. Support the Golden Gate Express's work by signing up for our online newsletter, following us on Instagram and Twitter at GGX News, and visiting the website, goldengateexpress.org. And we're back. In addition to using AP style, journalists are also trying to find new ways to show these robberies and how we can better inform the communities of where they are happening, such as crime blotters. 
Crime blotters are interactive maps that label where a crime has taken place based on police reports. I invited Dr. Melissa Camacho to join us in the conversation to talk about crime blotters. She's a former journalist and professor of broadcast electronic communication arts at SF State who teaches media theory. They are a resource among many resources. And this is the problem. We can't get lazy in the way that we approach um, news reporting. Okay, And it doesn't matter if you are a, a, a local news reporter, if you are a, a citizen journalist. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You cannot get lazy when it comes to looking at to looking at sources and researching story. Dr. Camacho mentioned something that Sarah also spoke about. This hasn't been the only time looting has happened in the Bay Area. Now, the fact of the matter is that what's been happening in San Francisco is not something that that is just happening. We've seen these things happening over the years, right? With, with Walgreens, we have a bunch of Walgreens closing because of people coming in and, and, and targeting Walgreens, cleaning the shelves and walking out. And so for someone who isn't familiar with what's been going on in the, in the California Bay Area, in Northern California, um, this is just gonna seem like random, you know, random people thieving and the police officers are just allowing people to do whatever they want. And it just looks like it, like all hell has broken loose goods. in California. Shoplifting is illegal, but in video after video, it doesn't look that way. In New York, shelves of a high-end retail store emptied. In California, people walking calmly out with armfuls of stolen goods. Now, Walgreens saying it's closing more than 20 stores, five in San Francisco, because of this rampant problem, what's being called organized retail crime. Back on October 12th, Walgreens had announced that it was going to shut down five locations due to the spike of retail theft that had taken place in San Francisco. However, the crime data does not support its claim. Larceny theft has actually decreased since 2019. Mayor London Breed told SF Gate reporters that she believes they are shutting down the locations due to a decrease in revenue. Based on Camacho's media theory and criticism experience, she focuses on who is being covered in these stories. So when it came to our conversation of looting, there was a lot on her mind. She's afraid that this blame will fall on the people of color. Camacho said the main fear comes when we don't pay attention to angles we present in certain stories, crime or not. This can hurt a lot of communities. Whether it's people of color or LGBTQ plus communities, reporters can lean into certain biases, whether they want to or not. Now, every choice that we make has an impact in how we tell the story. So all the gatekeeping decisions and whatnot, if you're going to use footage from something, you need to equalize that in terms of the imagery. If you're going to interview someone, you need to make sure to, to be objective and interview multiple people. In other words, we need to do our jobs and we need to work harder to do it better um, because it all affects, it, you know, again, it all gets woven into that larger narrative. In journalism school, students are taught to think ethically about who they are reporting about so that we can reduce harm for communities that could be involved. But in the real world, when reporting breaking news, that gets lost in translation and it shows. When you have uh, news outlets that aren't able to explain the larger picture behind what is happening, right? And they only treat it as, oh, this is an event by people that are of a criminal element and bad people, and this keeps happening in the California Bay Area, and therefore that's a bad place to be. 
Journalism is all about the service to the public. If we worry about the number of clicks that a story gets, then we're not focusing on what matters to those receiving the news. We need to understand the context of these stories. Otherwise, we automatically do the public a disservice because we are inserting our point of view. This is the way we think the story is happening, as opposed to let's use all these resources to put the narrative together, to really present a story that reflects what is actually happening. And that was the episode. But don't go anywhere yet. Our news brief lives here now. Here's the brief. SF State alumna and Gothic novelist Anne Rice died at 80 from complications of a stroke last Friday. The news was delivered by her son on Facebook. Prepare your raincoats and umbrellas as we continue to expect rain this upcoming week. Northern California is already starting to see some light snow. Winter is coming. Short and sweet, that's all I got. This is Samantha Lowry, managing editor and guest host for Gator Talk. And with that, I'm out. Congratulations to the grads of fall 2021, including myself.